love him. He is great and he is mighty. He is holy and he is divine. Oh, I thank you, Lord, and I praise you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, name above every name. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear Holy King. I praise thee, O Lord. I worship thee, O God. If you have a Bible, I've got two scriptures I'd like to read in your hearing tonight. Very glad for each and every one to be here in the house of the Lord and to rejoice in his presence. He is a great and a wonderful God. Great and mighty. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I'm looking at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to read verse 1. It said, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now I'm turning to the book of Revelation, chapter 7, and I'm going to begin reading with verse 9, John the Revelator, who was being given the revelation by Jesus the Christ. After this I beheld, verse 9 said, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindred, and people and tongues or languages, in other words, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and upon the Lamb. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. All right. I'd like to minister for just a little while on the people that are in one accord are the people that are going to be around that throne. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. <clears throat> when the great eternal spirit chose didn't ask anybody else. He didn't need to, of course. Didn't counsel with anybody else. He didn't need to. It's different for us, but then we're not God. But he being God, he chose to come in the flesh. The invisible chose to come visibly. And in so doing then, that body that he had prepared before the foundation of the world, the one that Abraham saw in the bush and how that that would be God's Spirit providing a sacrifice. And so he did. And that's the same concept, biblical truth, that you read where that, that man Christ Jesus, how that he made the statement, destroy this body, and it's a shame that people want to destroy when God is in the building business. You know, he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. He's in the building business. And uh, I've, oh, I've preached many, many, many years ago. I remember a 
among one of my earliest times to preach how that the God of heaven is a builder. And it is written in your Bible, that, and the psalmist said it, except the Lord build the house. Now, if we can get God to do the building, it's going to be all right. You know, if, when we step out of the Spirit and we start doing it, then that's when things get mighty messed up. And, uh, you know, there's a spirit that'll come along that'll just pat you on the back and egg you along and whisper in your ear and tell you everything's all right, everything's going great, and look how this is working out, look how that's working out. And all the while, he is definitely leading you off course. And it's important to get on course and to run this course, this race that is set before you. And so it was that the man Christ Jesus, the Bible teaches that he took upon him the nature of Abraham. He did not have the nature of the angels, but he took upon him the nature of Abraham. Hence, he became a high priest that could be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knew what it was like to be tempted, and it's no sin to be tempted. But he was tempted in all points, the Bible said, yet without sin. We can't say that. We were born in sin. We were misshapen in lawlessness. And it was the grace, the mighty riches of God's grace that appeared to us and gave us the opportunity through faith, by faith, that we could become partakers of this oh-so-great salvation, of this great benefit. Jesus, the days of His flesh, fulfilling Scriptures everywhere He walked bringing to everybody within the sound of his voice, if you please, and within the reach and the touch of his hand, or if they could somehow reach out like the little woman did and grab hold of the hem of his garment, that the virtue would flow and the miracles would take place and the ministering to people who were wayward and ignorant, lacking in knowledge and out of the way. And I like what Pastor Urshan said the other day, lacking in knowledge is one definition of ignorance. But there is also the Scripture talked about being willingly ignorant, that you shut your eyes to it. You know, Stephen was one of the seven, even as Philip was. They were not apostles, but they did get trained by the apostles. They were trained at the home and mother church in Jerusalem. And they were sent down to do a job. And uh, Stephen eventually was quite the historian. Asked one of our young men today, what was his... I said, I know you don't like any of your subjects. I said, but of the ones you don't like, which one's your favorite? (laughs) So I was thinking he was going to say social studies. Well, I suppose that Stephen liked his Bible history from the Old Testament because he gave them quite a Bible lesson. He He read their history to them. And he showed them, unfortunately, in reading their history, you no doubt read where Jesus in preaching and teaching how that they got upset with Jesus. I mean, you could see it. They wanted to come right out of their chair. They were mad. They were upset. And it was because they perceived that he spoke of them. 
They never did get the message, though, that he was trying to speak to them to help them to wake up to where their history was testifying against them, and you're headed right down the same path. You're headed down a path where your human spirit is being in control, and it's being influenced by an ungodly spirit, and you're going to find yourself rewriting history, that nobody learns anything from history, when in reality this is a book of history as well as prophecy, and you would do well to learn from it. Everybody would. Everybody would. Stephen read them their history. Their history didn't read too good because they'd been born in sin and shaped, misshapen in iniquity. And they'd said it wrong, thought it wrong, done it wrong. They had their way. They did their thing. They followed the wrong spirit and didn't even know there was a wrong spirit. They were ignorant concerning the things that were leading them in the wrong direction. Uh, it's kind of like one of the religions of this world that they tell you that to, you have aliens inside of you. Well, you know, I could kind of agree with that. Lots of people have aliens or devils inside of them. And uh, I'd say that's a foreign or an alien spirit. And, uh, and uh, they tell you that you've got to go and grab rods and you've got to hold these rods to purge yourself of, of these evil spirits. Now, I never read that in the Bible at all. But then these folks aren't reading the Bible. They just have their own idea of things. And if they did read the Bible, somehow it doesn't come in the Holy Ghost and it doesn't come in subject matter and it doesn't lead to righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It just leads them to more confusion and more of them having their own way and doing their own thing. But that's not the people that are going to be there in John Revelator's vision that God gave to him. They're not going to be around that throne. They're not going to be a part of that multitude. But it's that group that I long to preach to you about. As Jesus began to tell people different things and those that would drop what they were doing and said, we're going to start doing it the way you tell us to do it. We're going to follow you. We, we want to be a part of what you're saying and what you're doing. Lead us, guide us, direct us. And he said, that time's coming. Because he said, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to leave. They're going to crucify this body. And Peter stood up and said, oh, no, they're not. I'll take care of them. And Jesus said, that's nothing but a devil talking right now. And I know that shocked Peter. I know that Peter felt like he was saying it right. And Peter was standing and defending the right way. And Peter was all about things, but he was all about it in the wrong spirit. He had to be taught that. He had to get his eyes open to that. He had to humble down to that and submit himself. I, you know, it seems to come out historically that Peter was a pretty big guy. They call him the big fisherman. Pretty big guy. And, uh, but, you know, when he was, he was showing and out and puffing up there, Jesus had to let him know that you're completely out of line. And, you know, Peter had to take that. Another time when he said that he was willing to die for the Lord. You know, I'm just ready to give it all. And Jesus said, really? He said, well, the old rooster over there is not going to let it rip three times, but what you're going to deny me three times. And you know Peter didn't believe that. I'm quite sure he went away grumbling and sour puss and long face and, and you know, just chewing on his lip and not happy. But, you know, uh, it proved out right, didn't it? And Jesus gave him a look at that moment because he'd already denied him three times. And, and, and Jesus gave him a look. And the Bible said he went out then and he wept bitterly. But, you know, the Lord is so kind and so loving. That when he told the disciples, the women, he told them to go and tell the disciples thus and so. And he said, tell them and 
Peter. He was very conscious of Peter's crushed feelings when Peter had finally humbled down and he wept bitterly and he realized that he popped off at the mouth again and his spirit wasn't right again and, and that he, you know, when, when you get that, that teachable, workable attitude, God can work with that. Didn't he say in one place, come now, Isaiah, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. How inviting the Lord is. How He's trying to pull people out of darkness. How He's trying to lead people away from the human spirit and the devilish spirit of this world. The wisdom of, the, of this world that is sensual and carnal. And it's, and it's just filled with all kinds of envy and strife. And He's trying to lead you to the wisdom that comes from above. It's peaceable and it's pure. What did one king say? Peace and safety in my days. Let there be peace and safety in your life. Let there be peace and safety in your days. Let it be the thing that God desires to give you the peace that passeth all understanding. And remember something. I don't care how you phrase it and how much you put yourself into it. It's not by power and it's not by might, saith the Lord. It's by my spirit. By God's spirit. It's going to be God's way. It's going to be God's way. And the quicker we learn that, the better off we're going to be. And so Jesus is, uh, he's going about, he's doing his thing, he's doing good, he's healing all those that are sick and oppressed of the devil, he's doing all these wonderful things. And of course, there were people that criticized. There were people that, that took issue with the way he did things. There were people that were actually consumed with madness because of good things that he did, which to people that are in the spirit, uh, that's strange. We can't quite figure out why they would be mad at, at something good taking place in somebody's life. But they do, that. they do that that way because it's, you know, somebody said if the smoke's not coming out of their chimney, well, then it's no good, you know. If it's not their idea and their way of doing it, then, then it's just no good and they criticize and they, they're jealous of it and they're insecure. And those are three things, three spirits there that will operate. There's a spirit of jealousy and there's a spirit of insecurity and, and, and uh, those, those spirits, as they, they work together and they, they criticize and they work together to tear down, it is so important, is it not written in the Bible, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. I want to be with God. I want to be a builder. I want to build up here. He said, I'm going to build my kingdom. I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build it on the rock. I'm going to build it on the revelation of who I am. And I'm going, they're going to realize it. And I'm going to tell them that you go ahead and destroy this temple. You're so good. You're following the destroyer. Every time I try to put something together, you're there to criticize and rip it up. He said, but that's all right. He said, because I'm going to raise it up. I'm going to see to it. And I'm going to place it on a firm and sure foundation. And it's going to stand the test of time. That's what my God builds. Amen. That's what he builds. That's what he builds. So much better to become a part of that. I think that uh, you might say that that's the song that finally Lot sang. You know, uh, Lot was with Abraham and his life was being blessed. And, uh, you know, I don't even know why Lot got in on the ride. I think that um, it looked like that, that Abraham and Sarah were headed off on vacation. And I think that Lot ripped the door of the car open and jumped in and said, I'm going too. And somehow Lot got along on that trip. 
There wouldn't be any alone time for Abraham and Sarah. Old Lot sitting in the back seat, hanging over there. Where are we going today, Uncle? You know. And so uh, old Lot got in on the journey, and he got in on the blessings. Some people don't realize that like Laban did, or as my pastor used to say, Labian. However he liked it, that's how I liked it. And uh, I made a real mistake, a real faux pas one day, a spiritual blunder. And uh, we had gone to do a funeral in a funeral home, and the woman that was over the funeral parlor, she was very bossy and very irritating and very um, opinionated. And um, she had a lot to say. And uh, when we left, uh, my wife got in the back seat with Sister Dunn, and I sat in the front seat with Brother Dunn. And, and um, most of the time I would drive, but he decided he wanted to drive that day, and so he drove. And uh, so I'm just sitting there, you know, and, and he said something, and he used the word sepulcher. And me and my stupidity, I, I didn't even think, of course, and so I said, that's sepulcher. Brother, that's when the lion roared right then. To get, I lost my hair naturally, but I, if I had a toupee, I, I think it would have landed in China. When, the, when he looked at me, boy, he let me have it. And little old sister Dunn in the back seat, she said, well, she said, I believe Brother Fell just got what Brother Dunn wanted to give to that lady back in the funeral home. <laughs> Needless to say, my timing was not good. <laughs> well, I had a guy one time, he, um, he was, I was under a lot of pressure, and he didn't know it. Of course, he didn't know it. We don't go around belly aching and blah blah and, and but I was under a lot of pressure at that moment and uh, he just happened to step up at the wrong time and I wheeled on him brother and I let it go and and brother it was like uh, you know he got hit by a cannon and uh, that's it's sometimes we just time things poorly and sometimes we're not too discerning and Jesus had to set Peter straight just like Lot had to find out some things because old brother Lot decided he got a little bit too big for his britches. And uh, he didn't learn like Labian. Labian said, I have learned by experience. Oh, that's no teacher-like experience outside the Holy Ghost. He said, I've learned by experience that God has blessed me for your sake. And you see, Lot didn't realize. God, Lot got to look around and look at my herd. Look what all I got going. Woo, woo. You know? Not realizing that, hey, man, you, do, you just jumped in the back seat. You were just along for the ride. You hooked on to this. You know, you kind of invited yourself along into this thing. And, and all the blessings and all the good things that you're enjoying is because of Abraham. You know? And, um, but he was oblivious to that. He, he just wasn't paying that any mind. He was old blockheaded, you know, not paying any mind at all. And so he gets a big idea one day, I'm going to step on down the road. I'm going to take the reins from Abraham. and I'm, I've followed Abraham long enough. I'm going to do my thing. And, uh, of course, his thing got him in trouble. And who rescued him? Children. Father Abraham rescued him. Okay? Yes, he did. Don't stand up and sing that song right now, though. Okay. But uh, Father Abraham, that old fatherly spirit, and that father of faith. Friend, he got, what did he, what did he come with? The Bible said he came with his army, and that they were trained servants born in his own house. That's who went down with Abraham to rescue Lot. 
It wasn't a bunch of renegades. It wasn't a bunch of mavericks. It wasn't a a bunch of people who couldn't take orders and rules. It wasn't people who couldn't take training. These were trained servants. Born in Abraham's house. These weren't somebody that showed up straggling one day. These were trained servants born in his own house. And that's who he took. You ever read in your Bible about men and women like that? That they were men and women that were expert in war, spiritual warfare we're talking about. And that they were able, they were able, they were able, they were able. That means they had the ability to keep rank. So when they were all marching together, you know, they were marching together. Somebody wasn't over there going, you know, when everybody else was marching, marching, marching. They kept rank. They kept rank. You didn't have to look around and wonder where somebody was. They were right where they belonged, doing right what they were supposed to be doing because they were trained servants. They had the heart of a servant. They were going to take the orders, and they were going to get the job accomplished. How important it is to learn how to get the ability to keep rank. There are people that are very talented. They have natural abilities. They have inclinations. They, they are just able to do things. Um, there are people that can, can do artwork. Sister Nicole and Sister Williams very good at art. And I know we have a lot of students here that are very naturally gifted. Brother Donnie's very good at art. You didn't know that, did you? He doesn't go around bragging. He's very good at art, though. And um, cat's out of the bag, pal. Anyway, I let it out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there are, there are people that have abilities. But some people, in all of their abilities, we had a young man that was in this town. I still know him. He's a grown man now. And he was probably the best point guard in all of the state of Florida. But you know, he had the ability to make that shot. Top of the key, friend, he could swish it. He could do it all day long. But you know what? Nobody could coach him. Nobody could tell him anything. Just because he could swish it, he thought he was just better than everybody else. He knew this and he knew that. And he was always right. La, 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 la. And you know what? He never did go anywhere with his talents and his ability because he never developed the ability to keep rank. He couldn't become a team player. He couldn't follow the orders sincerely. He couldn't do it. He didn't develop. There are things that are, shall I say, almost intangible. You can't, right? I was getting back to Patrick. Um, I said, I'll be glad when he messing with that mic and all our young men look like they love the mic i don't know what it is about the mic but they love the mic on the stand here you know like how you doing yes well and, and, and then after that and then is that reminiscent yeah i don't know i think it's nervousness that's all it is and i'm trying to get them to calm down and be cool you know but anyway they will they'll get there don't worry about it and i'll take care of it not you so don't you do nothing you leave that to me all right but anyway <laughs> anyway the there are some things that are tangible. You, you can grab this old mic, you know, and this pulpit. You can grab it. It's tangible. But there are some things that aren't so solid and seeable and touchable and grabbable, okay? And the ability, the ability to be able to 
Stay in rank. Stay in step. Stay in harmony. Be in one mind, in one accord, in one place. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody chooses to do that. Not everybody works at that. Not everybody develops that. They get an undeveloped muscle, shall we say. And they never then get to really use their, their God-given talent to the, to the way and to the extent that it should be used. and could be such a blessing. It could be such a blessing. I know Lot became mighty thankful, even if it was just for a little while, he got mighty thankful when Abraham came over the hill and around the bend. And he looked up, and he didn't just see Father Abraham, but he saw all that army. And, friend, they were coming in rank. And they were riding together. They were in sync. They were in arm. You ever read about the tribe of Benjamin? Friend, they could, they could split it with a hair's breadth with both hands. You know? Both hands. They could sling that stone, and they could just whoosh, do it within a, a hair's breadth. Man, I'm telling you what. Hey, when old Lot saw them coming and, and he was in the, behind the, the, the eight ball, so to speak, and he was surrounded by all these different dudes of armies and all them guys looked so bad. And then Abraham came along there, friend, and I want you to know it was a happy, happy time in his mind. He wasn't arguing then about how Abraham did things. He wasn't criticizing Father Abraham then. He was thinking about all the years Abraham put in. You know, it ain't the, it ain't the years, folks. Anyway, it's the miles. And Abraham and put in some miles he left out of his country folk he left all his family at the bidding of God an invisible God giving him the word to come on and follow me and all he kept getting was another promise but he took those promises and he banked everything on those promises that God said and God said I'll never leave you I will not forsake you. I am your shield Woo! man Man, Abraham didn't just come over that hill. He came over that hill with God. <laughs> he had, a, what did Brother Weekly say? You see that, that confirming of the word. God healing, God doing this, God doing the other. Oh, yes, sir. What a marvelous, uplifting experience that is when God just does his thing. It's a marvelous thing. And it's, it's beyond, I remember when Senior Sister Feld was diagnosed with cancer. And I remember that she wanted to go and have the x-rays, and, and then they told her that she needed to have the operation, and they put her on that gurney, and she looked like this little old thing, and they put her in a room, and, and it was just the Lord. He, he said, the doctor said, we want, they'd already taken three or four x-rays, and he said, we're going to take one more x-ray. Now, she's already prepped. They already got the IV thing, I guess, there and all of that junk, and I'm out in the hallway. And I'm just leaning. I'm just leaning there. And I'm thinking to myself, we don't belong here. <laughs> we don't belong here. What are we doing here? We don't belong here. And uh, the doctor went in there, and he he's getting the x-ray taken out of the machine, I guess, and getting it all ready and looking at it. You know, how look at that thing. And look at it. And he's doing all this thing. I'm just leaning against the thing. She's in the other room. And uh, he came out, and he looked at me, and he said, there's nothing there. He says, go on. <laughs> he, said, he said, there's nothing. And I started laughing. I started laughing. I just couldn't help. I just started laughing. And she said, when I heard him laugh, she said, what am I doing here? 
Let's get out of here. <laughs> and that's what we did. We got out of there. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, Lord. I'm telling you what. When the good Lord comes riding, friend, over that mountain, around that bend, that's a welcome sight. <laughs> it's a welcome sight. And it will cause you to rejoice. It will cause you to be uplifted and excited. And you'll be so glad that you submitted yourself. That's another one of those intangible things. That you learn to submit yourself. I said, I remember a couple went up to Orlando. And before they left, I said, don't get hooked in to any of those things they do. You know, watch this thing for 45 minutes and we'll give you free tickets to all the parks. And I said, that ain't the way it works. I said, they don't want 45 minutes of your time. They want about $45,000 of your money. They're going to want you to buy into something called a timeshare or this or that or the other, whatever they call it. Here's the phone ringing. I pick up the phone. Hey, how you doing? Oh, senior pastor, i got to talk to you. I said, okay, what's up? Caught you in Orlando. Yeah, we are. I said, um, you know, we got this person here, and they showed us this thing, and they're, and they're trying to get us to buy into this thing and 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 we told them we couldn't and the and the person said to him the real estate person said why can't you and they said because our pastor told us we couldn't before we came and they said the person said who's your pastor they had the phone right <laughs> needless to say they did not buy into it and i know that in looking back they were very glad they didn't and that's that thing about looking back. I know that Abraham, look, I mean, Lot looking back, he's like, whoo, my glad Abraham's here, man. Go on, do this Abraham's way. Yeah, oh, yeah. A lot, it's easy on the, on the hindsight, folks, you know, but it, it's that foresight. And that's what God gives. God gives that foresight. God said his Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, would show you things to come. And, you know, sometimes, not that anybody here is duh, but, but sometimes, sometimes God will use the pastor to show you. That's one way he does it, to show you things to come. You can be seated, the Lord bless you. Unless you want to stay standing because you're excited, that's okay too. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm, I'm, I know this is expanding and I didn't plan it, but I don't plan any of it anyway. I just try to get here and get in the Holy Ghost. But um, I am saying to you that that uh, Lot was ultimately happy that he had Uncle uh, Abraham to come and to rescue him with his trained army. And I know that we want to thank God for the people who took the training. We want to thank God for people who, who aren't always, uh, you know, questioning. What did it say? Foolish questions that gender strife and you can wind up always in a big boiling pot of strife in your mind and the devil wants to tie the heart up he wants to tie your mind up he wants to get you in a big battle going and raging there and he doesn't want you to get set he doesn't want you to get settled he doesn't want you on the rock and in balance he does not want that he wants to keep you always in an upheaval he wants to keep you where you're not getting rooted and grounded and settled. He wants to keep you, I'm telling you, off balance. And, it, and it's important 
that these things that are maybe not so tangible and grabbable, a piece of furniture or something, that you realize how important these things are, these qualities that need to be developed in a person's life. And let God do that. And as they absolutely, my friend, when they came out of that upper room, those people were coming out of uh, one room, and they'd been in one mind and one accord, and the Holy Ghost came, a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all that house. And friend, I'm telling you what, they were jumping up on their feet, and they were speaking out in another language as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And then if I'd have been there that night, I would have been speaking French Creole, friend. And it would have been fluent, and it would have been great. But I'm just telling you, they were doing that and how wonderful it was. We had a, a couple come to church one time in Miami, and, and the, uh, the woman bolted out of her chair, her chair, yes, it wasn't pews, those were chairs, and came out of the chair and came to the altar, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost, and her husband had been just sitting back there, you know. All of a sudden, his eyes popped open, and he came up, and he was just looking and listening, and he's looking over her shoulder, and she's at getting the Holy Ghost. And so he looked at somebody and he said, she's speaking Latin. He said, that's my wife and she's speaking Latin. He said, she doesn't know Latin, but I do. He said, I took it in college. I know Latin. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. That's what those people in the streets were saying. How hear we every man in our own tongue or language or language wherein we came from, the place we were born. How is it that those people, and they're all from right around here, how is it that they're doing that? Holy Ghost. That's how. Holy Ghost. And that's what they got in that upper room. They got baptized with the Holy Ghost. The people that were there, though, and got that experience, were people who were willing to come into one place following the instructions that were given to them. They were trained people who took the training. Trained people who submitted themselves under the hand of God. People who could take the rod of correction. And they got in that upper room because Jesus told them. And they were among that 120. I just imagine the angels of God were exceedingly rejoicing and happy that when they saw those 120 filing in to that upper room and friend, wings were flapping every which way. They were waiting on the signal. They knew the door was open. They knew the veil was rent in twain. They knew the time was come from before the foundation of the world. It built up like a locomotive. It built up like a snowball it was now an avalanche it was a rushing mighty wind and it was about to blow into that place and blow the doors off blow the socks off of people and absolutely they must have been wearing extra socks that day friend because i'm telling you the holy ghost hit that place they were all filled with the holy ghost and they all began to speak with other languages as the spirit gave them the ability to do so it's not your ability it's your availability it's your saying lord i'm willing i'm willing i'm willing everybody's willing to get the blind eyes open everybody's willing to get the deaf ears unstopped but how willing are you to take the training that would get you to the place that you could be used of god amen that what somebody said tonight i might not be much, but I just want to give and do what I should. Just, just, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Whole bunch of people turned back. Whole bunch of people went in the wrong direction. Whole bunch of people 
put their hands over their ears, just like when Stephen went down and gave the history lesson. They put their hands over their ears. They, they, they just ran upon him. Man, they, they left tread marks on that dude. And they, they stoned that man. And he, lifting up his eyes, seeing Jesus Christ, Lord, receive my spirit, and even uttered, I believe, the words, forgive them. They know not what they do. Let me tell you, Jesus not only uttered those words uh, as a good example to him, to Stephen, but also Jesus told people that we're getting all, you know, there's, sometimes there's a lot of falseness and a lot of deception. And they're all out there. And Jesus turned around and said, don't weep for me. Don't weep for me. He said, you weep for yourselves and you weep for your children. In other words, I know where I'm going. <laughs> I know what's happening. Don't you worry about me. Don't you worry. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about Brother Wigley. He's got in over 50 years. You know, you don't have to worry about him. It's, it's, it's there. It's tried. It's tested. It's proven. And, and uh, there are, I'm trying to tell you that you've got to stay with this thing. You've got to stay in this race. You've got to run this race. It's not a sprint. It is a long-distance race. Hear me. That's what your Bible teaches. You've got to stay with this. You've got to prove yourself to God and to the church. You've got to be about the Father's business according to the chapter and the verse and the teachings. You've got to learn. If you haven't heard it, and I'm telling you, Brandon, make some copies right now and get them up there and they're free to anybody that wants it. But you need to remember what Brother Mark's preached here. You need to remember what he said because I called him about a week later and I said, Brother, I know you went out of here and you think that you dropped a bomb and you didn't do any good. You dropped your gourd and all of that junk. I said, I'm telling you, as a pastor, as a senior pastor, that you were right on, Mark, that that was the Holy Ghost. And what you felt was the resistance of people, some person and people, who were not receiving what the Holy Ghost was sending. And they were struggling in their mind because they were trying to rationalize and place themselves in a good light when all the while the Holy Ghost was pointing His finger in their face and trying to tell them something that they were not receiving. And they needed it so bad. But see, that's, again, one of those intangibles. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. That's the kind of people. Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus is giving last-minute instructions. Above 500 people were there. But only about 120 took what he said. 380 of them didn't like it. You know, maybe they got their feathers ruffled. 380 of them thought they had a better idea. Everybody thinks they have a better idea. You know? But you know, it's like I told a man the other day, teaching him Bible study and hoping to go back and teach him some more. I told him, I said, I want to show you where the church started, where the church has come from, where the church is, and where all these others came from. He said, all right, that sounds good. And then, you know, he went ahead and spoiled everything. Because I said, you're going to like this, and you can learn. This is important that you learn this. And he said, well, he said, when you come, he said, you, ne you never know. He said, you might learn something, too. And about that time, I had that sinking feeling in my stomach, you know, that we got another smart aleck. We got another know-it-all. We got somebody that's read a book or two. They're not within the 66 books of the Bible. And they think they know it. think they came up with some new revelation. Let me tell you, your revelation that you get 
it better lead you to this salvation. If you get a revelation that's not leading you to this salvation, then you're having a bean dream. You're having a nightmare. You're in a mess. You've got to, you know, I'm telling you, i got to go back to it again. But I, I watched that night when Brother Marks preached. And I'm, I'm telling you, I saw looks. I saw one look in particular. And I said, this guy, is, is, there's a spirit that is, gonna, is just there to deceive him. It is there to deceive him. And you don't want to be deceived by the deceiver. You don't want that. Hell is going to be full of people that had a chance, that had a real opportunity. And their greatest torment is going to be their memory. Among their five senses, their memory. Because they're going to remember all the opportunities and all the times that God reached and all the words that were preached. I went to invite a, I was inviting a table of people to church. And uh, I uh, said to the one woman, she had been coming and she moved away. And she walked in that restaurant. When she saw me, she wanted to duck and hide. I popped right up out of my seat, went over there, shook her hand, and said, you know, missing you. And uh, she said, well, I moved over. I moved over yonder. And I said, well, guess what? We're over yonder. Oh, well, I did see. I did see the sun. I said, yeah. So I went over the times with her, and uh, she got them all wrong. So I went over them again. Sounded like she might have got it right that time. And... Uh, very difficult and it's such a small sign you know so so i uh i went and sat down and, and i got ready to go i went back over there and i said a few words to her and asked about her her daughter we nicknamed her daughter bubblegum because every time she came to church she was chewing bubblegum we don't chew gum in church mints are really good mints are recommended uh spray that's okay too but uh, not gum okay you know it's kind of Sticky, you know, gets in the floor, under the pew, different places. Gets in people's hair. I've seen that happen too. So, and 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 when that happens, there are remedies, young ladies. There are remedies for when you get glue or bubble gum in your hair. It doesn't require cutting to get it out. Let me slip that in there, real nice. Under no circumstances do we cut. Well, I won't say no circumstances, but they're scarce as hen's teeth. How's that? Well, anyway, I'm saying to you that uh, it's very important to be in a service. Somebody said, well, I heard that sermon before. Well, then you didn't believe it twice. So shame on you. God sent it twice, and you didn't listen to it either time. So who? Where, think about that stubbornness and that rebellion. Those spirits that are attaching themselves to your spirit like, like leeches and like uh, barnacles on the bottom of a great fish or a boat. You've got to shake these things off. And these folks shook it off, friend, and they headed for the upper room. And they, they got one mind and one accord. They got on the same page. And they said, we got, we're not going to listen to anything that is going to turn us right or turn us left. Or God forbid, turn us backwards. We're not going to go into any kind of uh, contrariness here. We're going to do what he said. Half a mile journey. Went a little further down the road. And what a great reward they received for that. And everybody said amen. Amen. Thank God. And I'm telling you that in the book of Revelation, 
those kind of people that are going to be in that number, that multitude that couldn't be numbered. It's going to be people that have come out of great battles, great tribulation, great persecution, that they have stood the ground that God would have them stand. They would not let go of the truth. They would not try, you know, one of the tricks of the enemy, and I've seen it for years. I, I have, I'm not up to you, Brother Weekly, by any stretch, but I, I have been over 40 years now, and, uh, and I came in knowing nothing, and, uh, and I took the training that my pastor gave, and what a trainer he was, friends. <laughs> you think you got it rough. My wife likes to tell all these guys like Marvin and Pete, you think you got it rough with senior pastors. He said, you just don't know what he went through with his pastor. Oh, brother, thank you for being a witness. That's right. Amen. Yeah. I remember the night I thought I was doing it right and I did it wrong, and all of a sudden that booming voice came out and said, Sit down, Brother Feld. And I just went, <laughs> Sat down. And I didn't dare take issue. I didn't dare pout. I didn't dare get an attitude. You know, you just took the training. You know, if you're going to make it, you got to learn how to take it. You can't be a panty waist and a little, you know, you can't be that. You've got you to gotta toughen up in your spirit in meaning that you've got to be able to take it. Not tough against truth, not tough against the Holy Ghost, not tough against leadership. But you've got to toughen yourself up to where you can take the training. You hear me? You've got to be able to take that training and that teaching. You've got to, one of the uh, fruit of the Spirit that so often gets overlooked, temperance. That is a self Discipline. You've got to discipline yourself. How about this one? I don't want to do my homework. And oh, don't forget the parents are a part of that, though. God bless all of you that are in the academy. But um, I don't want my child to have any homework. Why do they have to have homework? What you're saying is that you have to do a little work. You have to crack the book with them. You have to help out a little bit. That's what that really is. But you know, everything we do for God and attempt to do for God and are bidden of the Holy Ghost, think of the guy that had to be compelled to bear the cross. Now, I know everybody said, oh, I would, I, I would do it. I would do it. Clean. Gotta go now. We need somebody to stay with the children after school because you know the parents are working very hard and they're running a little late. Got to go. Where are you going? You're going home, go sleep. Oh yeah. I hear Big Mac calling. Bye bye. Oh yeah. But give me the cross. Give me the cross. All right, well, uh, you know, these are the things that we don't usually recognize. These are the things we don't always recognize, okay? Uh, I got a letter just here recently from China. And uh, the man that's over there, he and his wife, they gave up everything. I don't know if they can't remember if it was Indiana or Illinois, but it was one of those dudes up there. And they left, and they went to Taiwan. And while they were in Taiwan, they learned to speak Mandarin Chinese fluently. Now, these people were Hokies from Hokieville. 
And they go over there and how to speak Mandarin Chinese fluently. Sounds like the Holy Ghost to me. And uh, they gave up everything. They didn't even want to come home for deputation. They, it was an inconvenience for them to come. My God, it's almost 9 o'clock. What's wrong with the preacher? You've been signaling me, haven't you, girl? Sorry. I finally got it. <laughs> a little slow on the uptake here. Uh, had my shield up. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, they sent me a senior says, fellow and I, they often write them as they are missionaries is the word that often gets used. But they are laborers over there and have been for many years. And um, they, uh, they sent us this letter uh, thanking us and different things and telling us about different things. And um, they told us that they now have a school. Now, they had come here and ministered for us years ago, and, they, and we had the academy since 1980, and they came somewhere in the 80s. And, and so they saw everything, and, and now they have an academy after all these years. And they sent a picture showing the children. I t- actually took it down to the Chinese restaurant, and I showed it to Walan, uh, where we have a lot of our tracks and uh, our visit invitations. And... Um, I showed them the picture, and they, I showed them the Chinese writing, and they read it for me, and, and we talked. And um, So what I'm saying is, is that they were telling about the school and their teachers. Their teachers. They have five women teachers. How that they teach from 7 in the morning till 8 o'clock at night. We're going. How do they do it? <laughs> then you get the kicker. Just when you thought you got clipped on the jaw, you get the one in the gut. They come on the weekends. And the pastor's writing to me and he says, Pray for them that they're able to endure this difficult task. I'm thinking, boy, you better get on your face and pray for them people. <laughs> Woo! Brother! Yeah. I'm thinking of people running out the front door and getting in the car and peeling out of here. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> and it's not that we don't love you. It's just that you ornery is all get out. But, you know. but anyway, anyway they, um, that's what's in the letter, and I, I have that to prove it. And, um, and, it, and it's, some of it is because the Chinese the culture demands that much in education well i i'm not going to demand that much in that kind of education i'd like it to be in our spiritual education and as we try to put in more time and hours every day with everything that there is to do for god and there is a lot to do for god Um, and you know sometimes there's things that unfortunately aren't miracles it's nice I, brother, his son Barry, and her son, her son Barry, he's got enough anointed handkerchiefs to have a pup tent out in the woods. I can't. I don't know how many times we've sent him, and God's healed him, healed him, and healed him, and healed him, and healed him. <laughs> and I, I told somebody the other day I went to give him an invitation to church, and I said, "Hey, how about another one? You could finish wallpapering your bathroom with it." You know, given you so many, you know, <laughs> you haven't come yet either. But anyway. Just saying that uh, in all the things, you know, you'd like it, of course, you know. And I've often told it, my wife, to my, to my, you can't have any. My wife makes the best stuffed shells and lasagna, but to my way of thinking, I will qualify that, 
And, um, and to any of those that have partaken, I think they would second me on that. Make you feel quick. <laughs> you're not getting any. I get it maybe once a year, daughter, so don't get greedy. Besides, you're big enough already. But anyway, we call her the waddle. Uh, that's all right. We're going to have a, a beautiful little baby boy around here pretty soon. And uh, They've got the weirdest names going on between the two of them, but it's all right because I'm I'm gonna have, I determine I'm going to have my way. My wife's saying, stay out of it. Stay out of it. I'm going to say, well, that's how we got JL, you know. You've got to have a little Father Abraham in there. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. They, um, they, uh, as good as that food is, I would not want it every night. Because you know what? It would lose that, that good effect that it's designed to have. And I have seen people that were just determined you hear me now, and I'm I, going to finish. I won't promise, because you get yourself in trouble with that. But I'm going to finish. But I have seen people that just determined, God maybe used them one time, and then they decided that they were a prophet. They decided that they had the gifts of the Spirit, and that every service, there was going to be the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. And you know, all you got was a, a display of human spirit. That's all you got, was a display of human spirit. Somebody told me recently that um, a prophet, prophet came to town, and he prophesied, thousand doors are going to open for you. That's like me standing here and saying, somebody here has got a bad back. You know, and you're like, duh. Probably half of the congregation's got a bad back. That's a no-brainer. You don't need thus saying it the Lord with that, friend. You know? And I'm telling you, it becomes human spirit. And they, and they get just as gimmicky as you can't lose with the stuff I use by Icron Coder. You never heard of that. You're too young. Oh, yeah. All kinds of things that, you know. Don't forget the one about the blessed hopping frog. Oh, yeah. Wheresoever he doth hoppeth, he doth bless it. Send me a portion of your tithes, and I'll send you this blessed hopping frog. Oh, you'd be surprised. You say that's really dumb. But dumber than that is the people that send the money and are living with frogs. Let's stand together. I know I need to quit. I think I'm on a roll, but I think I'm going to stop rolling. And, uh, but I am telling you that it's those people that went a little further and did what Jesus told them to do in spite of all of the criticisms, in spite of all the criticisms and all the resistance and all of that flesh that wanted to rise up and do it my way, and I got a better idea, they went to that upper room. They went a little further, and they submitted themselves, and they got the Holy Ghost. And you and I are the recipients of their obedience and their dedication and their subjection, and here we are almost 2,000 years down the road. And we're going to be a part of that, that multitude. That's a number of people that cannot be numbered that are around that throne that have come out of great tribulation, great persecution, great hard times. And the biggest battle is getting yourself in line, getting yourself to take the orders and to snap to and to shut down your human spirit 
I've seen peacocks walk in town, walk in church. God used them one time, and they thought from then on that they were just going to, and they do. They, they can mimic. They can imitate. They can do it. They can mock. And they can make everybody think they're all that. You hear me now? And that is not how God intended for it to be at all. Not at all. There, <clears throat> somewhere along the line, folks, has got to be some meat and potatoes. Got to be some getting rooted, grounded, and settled. Got to be something solid here. It's built upon a rock. Okay? Going to be solid. Not going to be something that you lean on and you just fall through it. It's tissue paper thin. Or like a spider web. You know? Not going to be like that. And those people are going to be strong people, balanced people, healthy people, honest people, Holy Ghost people. That are in one mind, in one accord. And they will cast off the works of darkness. And they will say no to the devil when he comes around with the same old, same old. And you wind up reverting back to how you used to be before you got the Holy Ghost. And you have to be careful because the last state can wind up worse than the first state when you came in. And that's going to be a mighty bad state to be in. Okay? So we gotta, we got to fall on that rock. We've got to get broken. And we've got to follow what the teachings are. And I'm going to tell you again, I didn't think I had a revelation. My pastor asked me to preach that night, and there was a couple of hippies sitting out there, and I wanted to reach them so bad. But in wanting them to reach them so bad, I went a little overboard on some points. And he took me in the office, and he said, Now, Brother Feld, when he said that, I knew it. Said, oh, boy, you're in trouble now. And he said, I don't know what you believe about that scripture. And I said, Hold it! Whatever you believe about that scripture... That's what I believe. And that was the end of that conversation. Everything was just fine. Gave it a few minutes rest, and then he went proceeded to tell me how that should be. And, yes, sir, I got it. Caught that line drive, and I'll take that. Now, that's the way it is. No problem with me. No problem with me. I mean, who am I to argue? <laughs> right? Who am I to argue? And that's how you want to feel. Who are you? you know, I've seen, I've, I've gone to jails and taught guys. Got them baptized. Holy Ghost fallen, great moves of God are all around, and the chaplain hated it and shut everything down. Wouldn't let me baptize anymore, you know. And I'd go in there, and they had a pot. I know I said I'm going to quit, didn't I? Had, I didn't lie, though. I didn't promise you. But they had a, they had a, I am going to quit. Just give me another hour. Anyway, there was a, in the platform, it was a trap door. And you had to open the trap door, and you had to step down into the tank. Well, you know, my car was way out in that parking lot. And I had to come through security. And walk all the way down to that chapel. And when I got done baptizing somebody and I was dripping wet, I had to walk all the way back out, and all the way back through security, and all the way out in the parking lot, and drive home wet. Because you had to get down in the tank with him. And he shut that down. He didn't like that. Well, he saved me a lot of suits, I'll tell you that. But I was more interested in saving the souls, you know. More interested, you know, God didn't send me to save suits. I know that. He sent me to save people. You know, just like he didn't send me to Belglade to catch fish in Lake Okeechobee. He sent me to catch fish in the greater Tri-City area. And maybe over there in Palm Beach, too. You know? All right. So, and we're going to try to do that. And we are trying to do that. Everybody said amen. So let's help each other. Let's work together. Let's get in one mind of one accord in this one place. And let's go out and do the work of the Lord. And some of that work is done right inside these four walls. And some of it's done outside. And some of it is the things that thrills us and excites us, like having red velvet cake and cheesecake and, and the other thing, carrot cake, you know, pastor hoppers. You know, down at the Cheesecake Factory, they call it 
Craig's Crazy Carrot Cake. And I said, man, they stole your name, dude. I said, besides, theirs isn't as good as yours. So we, we, I don't know, maybe we ought to put it in our little thing, you know, Pastor Hopper's Crazy Carrot Cake. I don't know. But um, anyway, I'm saying that we can't always have the rich desserts. We can't always have every service the tremendous display and demonstration of God's power and glory. Because, you know, much as I like that carrot cake, I can just eat just so much. And then I, I can't eat anymore. I'll start getting a bellyache. I'm in a sugar rush. I'm euphoric. I'm floating out the door. You know, and I'm trying to lay down and go to sleep, and not my belly is saying, you're not going to sleep, you're not going to sleep, you're not going to sleep. You shouldn't have eaten that other piece of cake. You know, and so I'm up all night, you know. Okay. So, anyway, I'm simply saying that we have to have meat and potatoes and veggies. We have to have that. Okay? Got to have the veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit. Okay. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. We're going to sing and worship a minute. I got to do this so I can just quit. Okay, thank you, Jesus. I love you, dear God, and I praise you. I want to be among that number, Lord Jesus. I want to be with that group. I don't want to be that one that says, didn't we cast out devils in thy name? Didn't we do many wonderful works? If you say, I never knew. That's not the ones we want to be with. I want to be around that throne. I want to be in those white robes. I want to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, Jesus, I thank you and I praise you and I love you. Let my spirit be right, Lord. Make my spirit right, Lord. Create in me a clean heart. Renew within me a right spirit, oh, holy God. Help me, Jesus. Help me. Come on, let's worship him. Do you belong to him tonight? Are you going to give yourself to him? Come on now. Are you going to grab the steering wheel? Are you going to become the captain, the pilot? Or are you going to be the co-pilot? You're going to sit back and leave the driving to the Holy Ghost? Or are you going to try to take over the wheel? Come on now. God's got a system. God's got a plan. God's given callings, gifts. Yellow. I don't want to be a know-it-all. I want to be a learn-it-all. Yellow. Jesus' name. Come on now. Yeah. 